When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X, and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent, and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I want to collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hey everyone, I'm Jess. I'm Jen. We are Fat Mascara and you are listening to our beauty podcast. Today is our big interview day. That's right. Every Friday is our big interview day. And today Jen is going to be sharing her amazing interview, which is all about the intersection of beauty and travel. Yes. We're all traveling more. I mean, I I don't have any stats to, ra- to rattle off to you, but 
Like, <laughs> I'm like, but people are on the move again. People are, yeah, people are on the move. Like, I have been hearing about like cars, planes, trains, automobiles. Everybody is out there again, and like in like record numbers. So I may be sitting here in my home, like on my tush, but everybody else is out doing things. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah, I mean, Jen, you were just traveling, right? I was. Now I've I I was Honduras, then Colorado. And this is like my bread and butter. I love travel. When I was at Mary Claire, I had a travel column. I missed it. And when I heard about Joe Franco, our guest, I actually saw her show on Netflix was how I was introduced to her. And and I'll get into that in just a second. She has made a career of traveling the world. And I thought, what better time than now to talk about how, A, you can have beauty experiences when you travel. B, what the hell do we pack again? I completely, my toiletry game was like very out of sync. Oh, God. I didn't remember how to pack when I was having to pack for my trips. I was like, oh, my God, I used to do this literally once a month. And I don't remember how to pack my toiletries. So we talk about that a little bit. But Joe got her start as a YouTube travel content creator. And then she became a TV host. She is host of Netflix's World's Most Amazing Vacation Rentals. There's also two other hosts. It now has two seasons. Joe speaks six languages. She started her own journaling club online with this community she's built online. She hosts a podcast called Not Your Average Joe. Actually, fun note, I am the guest on her podcast this week. So we did a little bit of a swap, which is really fun. And she came on to talk about what she learned in her travels and tell us a bit of her personal story. And her personal story is fascinating. So then she let me grill her about packing tips and things like that. It's We had a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoy Joe as much as I do. Joe, welcome to Fat Mascara. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be talking to you. We could talk for hours. This I know for sure. I know this too. And I feel like we're already friends because, you know, I watch your Netflix show. I listen to your podcast. And I like I could talk to you about learning languages. Everybody who listens knows I'm trying to learn German. I could get your tips on that. But what I really want to talk about, because everybody's starting to do it again, is travel, which I feel like you have a little expertise in. Yeah, man. I mean, the travel of it all is juicy. People are going into revenge travel now, you know, and that's good and bad. What I What's do, revenge travel? Revenge travel is the phenomenon of everyone who hadn't traveled for two years because of the pandemic. Everybody's just traveling crazy, like, like revenge travel, you know? pent-up like, aggression. that pandemic. Exactly. It's yeah. like pent-up travel. So you see these memes in these different travel accounts of like huge lines of people waiting for, you know, yes. things that during the pandemic times or even pre-pandemic were easy to get access to. It's, it's that. So I do have some thoughts on that and uh, <laughs> we can get into it. We will get into it, but since some of our listeners might not know who you are, before we get into that, and obviously we're going to be talking about like beauty-focused travel, travel through the lens of beauty, all of that, how did this even become part of your job traveling the world? How did that come about? That's such a good question because for much of my life, I didn't even have the paperwork to leave the U.S. So I'm Brazilian. I was born in Rio. And then at five years old, my mom took us, you know, my siblings and I, I'm the youngest of three to to Connecticut of all places, which from Rio to Connecticut, it's like, how much different can you get? And what was even more extreme, a lot of communities are are concentrated. So you see a lot of, you know, Brazilians in this one city in Connecticut that my mom purposely didn't want to live in. So we grew up 
as the only family in my small town that didn't speak English when we moved. We didn't look like everyone else. If anyone is just listening, I'm a brown woman with big curly hair. And I was put in a classroom with these like very all-American kids with straight hair, you know, white skin. And so I always say that travel is not something that I do, but it's like, it's kind of like who I am. And it's inside of me because I was always in the state since I was five years old, in the state of curiosity and of for survival's sake, having to learn language and having to observe and having to relate to people, even though we didn't have much in common from the outside looking in, you know? So throughout my, my teenage years, the only way I could travel was through learning language. So while everyone was like, Joe, take Spanish, it'll be so easy. I'm like, nah, man, F that. I'm going to take French because I can understand Spanish, but I can't understand French. Why would I, you know, avoid learning something new? So I just kind of built this muscle of language skills and it was all in preparation for this global life that I didn't even know I could live. By the time I got to college, my mom married an American. So I got the, you know, golden ticket, the lottery ticket of being able to apply to a college in New York. And of course, I like mm -hmm. chose the most expensive option. I was like, oh, shit, I can go. I'm going all out. And I, I studied international business thinking I was going to be the CEO of some, you know, media company and a multilingual. At the time, I was studying Italian and French, spoke Portuguese and English. But what actually ended up happening after several internships was I realized no job would ever give me the freedom to speak languages, to be creative and to be a businesswoman. But what did give me that opportunity was a YouTube channel. So even though I grew up in hiding and grew up very yeah. shy, I became friends with this kid, all American from the Midwest, who he wanted to travel the world and be a TV host. And we just became good friends. And he started putting the camera on me. And it was like, it was the wildest thing, Jen, because I literally grew up hiding in libraries. And now this kid is like, no, Joe, let's be on camera, which is the opposite but what I started to feel when I was on camera and like when I started making these videos was, damn, this is so much fun. What if we just made these little stories of our adventures? And that's when in college as a freshman, sophomore, junior, I started taking trips. We would film the adventures partially because it was like cheap to do so, free to do so. Uh, I studied abroad in Paris and we made a lot of these videos on YouTube to try to sell TV shows that, of course never actually happened. So we came back to college in New York. He dropped out of college. I stayed and I would like stalk people on LinkedIn. Hey, we have a young travel show. I would get the meetings from just cold emails. Wait, did you pretend you were somebody else, not yourself? Like, I would. My client. No, I know, right? <laughs> I considered doing that. No, I would just be like, hey, so-and-so told me to schedule a meeting on LinkedIn. And like, that was not true, but we would get the meetings anyways. And when we got the meetings, we had pitch decks. Like we came prepared. And we had samples yeah. of our stuff on YouTube and no one really gave a shit. And they were like, young travel will never sell. So then we did what any, you know, rags to riches kind of story person does. And we just worked our asses off. And after dedicating one video a week, two videos a week, three videos a week, we moved to L.A. and made the YouTube channel of traveling the world full time. And, and like right when we moved to L.A., it was luck. I would be lying to you if I said anything otherwise. I was washing my hands in a bathroom at a media company and this woman recognized me and was like, hey, 
you have a travel show, right? On, on YouTube. We want to partner with you. I work with AT&T. Like this should happen in a bathroom, right? And this was the biggest deal that we got. And this started my travel film kind of like hosting career because we got a deal with yeah. AT&T to film eight episodes around the States and, and like sharpen the chops of hosting. So that's kind of how it all started. And it was a lot of self-generated work, like a lot of ruthless belief in oneself to be like, I want to do this and I'm going to stay up, you know, five nights a week editing till I want to rip my hair out. But then eventually it led me to booking a show on Netflix as a host in a major travel show during the pandemic, by the way. I didn't realize that. So season one of the Netflix show, like what year did you film that? We started shooting January of 2020, the very end of January 2020. And we went to, I think, five different countries before March 13th, which was like the day the the world shut down. And so we stopped shooting for four months while, you know, the heat of the pandemic was kind of happening. But we didn't know if we were going to finish the show. So when you watch season one of the show, you'll see that we're, there's, you know, episode one, Bali, we're in Galungan Day, it was my property, and we're in these mobs of people. The show came out during the pandemic, so it was kind of like this interesting fairy tale like thing that we're watching because everybody's locked in their homes watching this show that was recently shot, but it's because we shot it yeah. maybe two weeks before the world ended, and... Then when we came back, it was July of 2020, you start noticing that the properties are like in the middle of nowhere. We're like on ranches in Montana, you know, like we still found a way to make the show fun, but that was strategic with COVID and like with safety in mind. And so many COVID tests. We're not visiting a temple with a hundred people right now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that that was a wild experience in itself. That's amazing. So, I mean, you're just your evidence that proof of concept, like you do it yourself and somebody will notice if you keep doing it. I mean, you made a job of traveling the world and who knows what's next. It's amazing. How many countries have you been to at this point? Do you think? Oh my God. You know, or how Jen, many states? I'm not a checklist traveler and I do that purposely because I, I think in life we get caught up on these like races, like we want to hit these buckets. But what I've seen, especially in the travel space, people will go to places just to say that they've been there, but how much do they actually know? So I kind of made a decision years ago. There was a moment where I was going to go to Southeast Asia and it was either go to five countries or spend a month in Thailand. And I was like, I want to spend a month in Thailand because if I'm making videos about this place, I want to do the justice to really understand as much as I can. And one month is a tiny amount of time, right? considering, but it felt like an injustice to the people, culture and language to be like, yeah, I've been to Thailand for three days. Like, don't ever ask me my opinion on a place I've yeah, only and been to find to all three those days. Little stories that, that aren't the obvious Thailand that everybody already knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like as far as how many countries I've been to, because I know people want an answer, it's definitely over 50 at this point. But I've also gone back to many you countries. You gave an answer. You don't have to be specific. <laughs> but it's it's that, you know, it's like, how many times have I gone back to Italy to go and learn and to like stay with families and to learn the nuances and the Greek of it all too. Like I go to Greece constantly. It's almost like I've picked these areas to focus on. And, and I think that's how I'm happier. It's not so much about how many places I've been, but how many places I feel like I actually got to know. When you're on the road, like, 
What's the longest you've been on the road, like living out of a suitcase, if you will? It's crazy because I feel like most of my life for the last 10 years has been that. Like I bought my house two years ago. And even after I bought my house, I signed my my deed. I like bought my house in cash, which was an unfortunate series of events that ended up being great for my peace of mind. But basically Mm -hmm. during my mortgage process, the bank changed their minds three days before. And so I had two choices. I could either let the house go, but all of my shit was on a truck from LA coming to Connecticut, or I could sign a check for the full value of the house. So I did, which was insane. And and I'm grateful to have done that. But then three days after I bought my house full out in cash, I was back on the road and I was traveling again for six months. And then I came back and I'm like, damn, this is my house? Shit. Like you forget. Wait, and so all your stuff's just sitting in boxes, not even unpacked from Los Angeles and you're yeah, on the road again. Basically, I moved as much of my stuff in in three days as possible. And this is kind of like how it's been going for me. So the schedule of my life since I graduated college I stayed in college in New York for four years, lived in Manhattan for a year after that, thinking I was going to pursue the like New York hustle and bustle. And I loved it. And it was painful to part ways with it. Once I moved to LA in 2015, we were so broke, my old business partner and I, we couldn't afford travel. So for maybe a year, we just stayed in our shitty table, Ikea built table in the living room of our like rat and roach infested apartment literal rats like there was an actual rat on top of my stove like a new york city subway rat we call that wildlife yeah (laughs) (laughs) and when we would wake up we would just be creative like okay what's the video concept so that was a year and then after that we kind of bought ourselves the freedom to every six months put our shit in storage and travel so from 2016 until now That's how I've been living my life. And it wasn't until two years ago when I bought my house that I was like, oh, damn, I have kind of a a route now. And the irony is now I'm going to move to London because I'm a crazy person who needs to keep moving. That's, there's nothing crazy about it. That's who you are. I, I think it's amazing. I could ask you a million questions about buying a house, all cash and, and business and all of those things. But I, I kind of do want to focus on travel through the lens of beauty, just because you might not think of yourself as an expert, but I, I do. And honestly, the thought of living out of a suitcase for six months at a time, you need to have your shit together like style-wise and beauty-wise. I've seen you on your show. I'm like, she's got another outfit. She's got another outfit. Like, where are they all coming from? Are you traveling with trunks? Who knows? So if you don't mind, I do have some questions about that. I would love to talk about this because this is, no one really talks about this. And this is a huge part of like confidence too. On the show, I I really developed the beauty relationship, like the, the positive beauty relationship. Because in the show, the main areas of control that I had was how I presented myself. Like when you're a presenter, you're literally presenting yourself. And that goes in to every detail of like hair, makeup, clothes, and we did everything ourselves. So I got it. I have expert tips, girl, on how to take care of curly hair and all humidities of how to take out, you know, wrinkles and clothes when you don't have access to irons. I got those. Wait, since you brought it up, what's your humidity tips? Like just go with it, go with the texture. What do you do? So the Dyson hairdryer is a game changer. You travel with a hairdryer, Joe? 
baby girl, I have to. There's no way. And it's so bad. This is like my guilty pleasure. Again, no one's brought this out of me. I'm a pretty low maintenance chick. But when it comes to the hair, you cannot be walking through life with frizz, you know, so far in your face that you can't even see where you're going. So yes, it was something that I learned on the show. I have curly hair. It's very curly. And it's because I'm Brazilian. And so I actually Amazoned my hair products. I buy specifically curly hair Brazilian you know, hair products. And it's yeah. the brand is called Salon Line, which Brazilians say Salon Line. And it's available on Amazon uh-huh. in the US. But I would have to find the hotels that the crew would stay in, get the address to it, like advance ship my hair products to wherever we were flying <laughs> so that I could I land and it. pick up my package. Smart. But the Dyson also, it's like the game changer. And for travelers, this is the worst news of all. You cannot use a converter on a Dyson blow dryer. So, yes. I know this. That's why I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I had to make that decision. I was like, damn, I'm moving to the UK. Do I buy another one? And I did. But it's cheaper in the UK because it's a British company. So that's the silver lining. But it's still so damn expensive. But the cost. It is, but they should do like Apple where you can switch out the plug. You know how like the Apple products come with like all of the world's yeah, yeah. plugs. Hear I that, know. Dyson? You hear that, Dyson? All right. So the Dyson is like, but do you use it for the diffuser? Or you have curly hair and you wear it curly a lot or, or both? Yes. Like depends on the day. It, no, I use it curly. I, I have my hair curly most of the time because I'm like a free-spirited chick. And if you straighten your hair with when you have really curly hair, you have to avoid like talking to anybody who spits a lot. God forbid one raindrop <laughs> falls. Like it just dictates too much of how you live your life. So yes, I use the Dyson I was going to say a blowout and humidity. It's a lost cause. It's not it. It's not it. Like yeah. if so it's to choose between how I live my life and my hair, I'm going to choose how I live my life, which is just like mm. taking what's natural and kind of locking it in, which is where the diffuser, the hair cream, and a little hairspray comes in. Got it. Got it. Okay. We got real into your hair for a second. But let's back up because you're this world traveler. I have to ask, like, you've seen all of these properties. You've lived so many places. What's like the best bathroom you've ever gotten ready in? Such a good question. I think of so many not-so-great ones. Here's the irony, too. Like, I started out my traveling <laughs> career staying in hostels. And Have you ever stayed in a hostel? Yes. It w- yes. I remember one, on one show you said, just b- bring flip-flops. And I was dying laughing because the one time I had lost my flip-flops, let's just say the shower floor in a hostel is disgusting. Ooh, like, it's so bad. I wear contacts. I purposely took out my contacts before going in the shower because I didn't want to see what was happening in there. And like, I I lived in a communal floor in college with bathrooms that were gross. Same technique there. Like, take out your contacts. You don't want to see it. Like, shrink your body. So okay, you don't tell touch me, anything. Joe, what's the worst bathroom you've ever gotten ready in? Oh, God. I think my college. So I went to this college in uh, Pace, <laughs> it's, it's Pace University, Manhattan. And it was actually like a rite that of passage. That doesn't count. College kids college, are disgusting. God, it was so bad. Those were really gross. But then beyond that, you know, I think the beginnings of my travels were all hostels because I was broke. We were so broke. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I even slept on benches at some point. Like I would get ready in McDonald's bathrooms in Barcelona. Like I slept in a cubby hole once. It was like the hostel was a wall of cubbies. So you had to like climb up to yours and then like shoot your body into your cubby. 
You know what I mean? Like like a pod, like a futuristic pod. I was like, like a coffin, is- basically. Yeah, it, it was like a coffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I know I know what you're talking about. So oh, yeah, I feel like God. those those hostel bathrooms where there's like no shower curtain, no toilet paper, like yikes. Obviously, we've come a long way since then as far as like not only quality of hostels, because now you can go into some hostels and they're so chic. Like the, I don't know if yeah. you've heard of the freehand. It's a hostel chain, but it's like super... Nice. So much so that people go there for bar, for the bar in LA, New York. Anyways, I digress. The best bathroom I've ever gotten ready in. So in the show, there was this property in, where was it? Damn, we went to so many places. It was in Anguilla, which is an island in the Caribbean. And it was this amazing villa. It was a luxury property. I think it was in the waterfront episode. And we each had these ridiculous suites where the bathroom was so huge that you had an outdoor shower, an indoor shower, and like all the counter space you could imagine. And these like massive mirrors, like the bathroom itself was an experience, you know, like you didn't want to leave. Like I would shower inside in two of the showers on the inside and then go outside, take another shower and then come back. What is it about an outdoor shower? There is, right? Isn't that like the greatest experience? It is. I think it's because it brings us back to the primitive nakedness in the outdoors. It's freedom, you know? Yeah, like sunlight on naked, naked skin. Naked. And you're like feeling protected while being so vulnerable. I think it's that. That, yes. Yeah. I was being rhetorical and there she is with a perfect answer. I love it. So you visit all these places. The bathrooms are great, whatever, but travel's about the culture. What are some of the cultures that you've you've spent time with that really make beauty and wellness a big part of their life? This is such a great question. I actually really love thinking about beauty in this global sociological, psychological way. Here's an example of like the first time I noticed this. When you go to Southeast Asia, there's a huge stress on white skin. So much so that you go into like a grocery store and you'll see that there are aisles, rows of products to lighten people's skin. And as a black woman, as a woman of color, I'm mixed biracial. Like most of Brazil is basically mixed. It was kind of concerning. I'm like, damn. And we can even get into the whole like colorism of it all, which we don't need to because that's a whole nother conversation. But As far as the beauty industry in Southeast Asia, like in Thailand, where I was, goes, people will put snail secretions on their face to lighten their skin. And as I got into this, it it basically boils down to like the idea that people who are exposed to the sun come from lower economic backgrounds because they're farmers and people who work outside in labor. Whereas if you come from money, you don't need to do such treacherous jobs, right? So it's like beauty is really so much deeper than beauty when you think about it. And then it's crazy because the opposite happens when I go to places like Italy or Greece, where I can be the only woman of color, the only person with curly hair. And obviously this is not a universal thing, but a lot of people are like, oh my God, your hair is so beautiful, right? Not everybody thinks this way, but the exotic factor of like, we don't see this here. It's actually Mm -hmm. shocking to me because in one country or culture where like what I am is seen as bad can be seen as great in another culture because the beauty standards are so complex wherever you go. So I don't know if there is a conclusion to that other than like, it's all very subjective. Beauty is super subjective. Yeah.
Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X, and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less. They're $39.90. But the quality is excellent, and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there, when I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves 
works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. That's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lattes in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just <laughs> going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Were th- was there somewhere you visited where there was a positive confidence kind of vibe to beauty? I mean, I've had Brazilian guests on the show and Brazilian women always say, oh, that's Brazil, but you are Brazilian like, and have visited all these countries. Where do you feel that the people are confident about the way they look and there's not as much issues with like some of the stuff we have here in the States? I feel like, you know, I think about French beauty and Italian beauty, there's like this modesty to it. And again, it's mm. hard to, to say these blanket statements because everyone, every individual has this thing. But like culturally speaking, you go to you go to places like Paris and the, the fashion's very modest. It's very like tailored. Same thing with Milan. I was in Milan and I was just in awe of like, it wasn't the flamboyance in their fashion that made it beautiful. It wasn't the flamboyance in the, the makeup or the hair, it was this like confidence, modesty. Mm. And I was like, damn, this is dope. Cause it seems like the the trends there, as far as beauty is concerned, it's not necessarily to be over the top, but it's to have confidence in, in what you wear and how you wear it and how you put yourself together. It's like the art of being put together as opposed to like yeah. flashy, crazy, overcompensating beauty. Yeah. And when you travel, do you try, do you get to do different like rituals and spa treatments and things in the different places that you visit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love doing that. I think the older I get, it's more fun. I gotta be real. I wasn't into a lot of the aesthetic sides of, of life. Like I used to think you had to choose, are you going to be a businesswoman and successful? Or are you going to be a pretty girl that wears nice things and like is put together, which is such a limiting belief, by the way, that I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking when I thought of those things? We contain multitudes. (laughs) We do, we do. But I think there was this stereotype in my head that I believed for far too long that it was one or the other. And then when I started shooting the show, I was just like, wow, this is such a creative form of expression. This is expression. And when you watch the show, you see like the outfits are fun and and it was art for me to put it together. Like my makeup and hair accessories, all that stuff is fun. And part of that came from the different rituals that I started soaking into these, in these places. You yeah. know, in Bali, there are more spas than humans. 
And it's because there they value this ritual of taking care of yourself, right? Like these rose petal baths and scrubs and and this thing that we could see as frivolous here in the States. It's just common basic culture there. Same thing in Brazil, right? Like the Brazilian rituals that that women in Brazil just, it's a normal Saturday, Sunday. My mom's stories of childhood, almost 80% of them contain some story about like a beauty treatment that was the catalyst of some memory she has, whether it's like straightening yeah. her hair or whatever, like getting ready for some beauty thing. And my mom is just an average, she's not into beauty. This is just the average experience of a, of a Brazilian woman because of the culture. So it's it's all super fascinating. And I think when I travel now, it's become part of my experience. Like, what is the beauty situation here? Like, what is the fashion here? What do people yeah. think about it? Like, can I sign up for some kind of like experience to see things in a different perspective? Yeah. When you mentioned Bali, because like Indonesia has Jammu, like India has Ayurveda. Does Brazil have its like beauty, wellness you know, system? Or is it more like a salon culture and like a, a societal thing that like women bond over beauty? So it's tough because again, my, the women in my family, we are, we're more like of the modest type that, that I wouldn't put us in the category of being super into the beauty standards. Beauty but stuff. even being yeah. the modest women, they're still like baseline. For instance, my grandma, she has a manicurist. She had, she's since passed away, but she, since she was 15, she had a manicurist come to her house and do her nails. That's a very Brazilian beauty experience. And yeah. I don't, I do my own nails. Like I've always done my own nails. And whenever I was home in Brazil with her, the manicurist like clockwork would come to the house. And if my sister and I, or my mom and I, we were there, the manicurist would, my grandma would insist that we also do our nails. And I'm like, grandma, like, why do you waste your money on this? She's like, ever since I became a woman, a young woman, I was 15 years old. My mom told me that if I wanted to be any kind of successful put together woman, I needed to take care of my hands. And that's why my nails are always perfect. And I was just like, what? Like, that is not what, I, you know, I wouldn't assume that. And this is cultural which is wild. And then, you know, the manicures comes over and she doesn't just do your nails. This woman fills you in on the town gossip. This woman knows about <laughs> all of your relatives and what's going on. This becomes like a social experience as well. So for my family, that's, yeah. I think, the main ritual. And then the other side is like the, the horror stories of trying to straighten curly hair, I think is definitely in the hall of fame for us as a family, which I had my own journey with as well. Because I used to straighten my hair until I studied abroad in Paris and blew up the power in the building because I bought a blow dryer <laughs> that like wasn't compatible. And I, yeah. I've been there. Usually the dryer fries out before you mess up the building's <laughs> electricity, but it was not pretty. Well, I'm glad that you got through that and that you can embrace all ways of wearing your hair now. It looks gorgeous today. Do you ever get to go like to markets and shopping? Have you found any beauty products or discoveries abroad like that you use still? I love doing that. Some people go abroad in their favorite activities, grocery shopping, which I think is hilarious. I have some friends <laughs> that love to do that because you can no, like- No, I get it. I never said it out loud, but it's the best because you get a sense of the culture right away. 
Absolutely. And I was thinking about this randomly the other day about how my friends from abroad, when they come to the States, some of the first things, especially women, the first thing they say is like, take me to one of those pharmacies that has everything. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you know, the CVS that you could buy like groceries that you could eat, but also like foot cream. And because this is not normal outside, right? Like in the States, we have this really interesting culture from the outside looking unit. It's called Walmart. (laughs) It's called Walmart. Yeah. Consumerism is what it's called. But what I love doing is going to the pharmacies. You go to the pharmacy in Italy and you could buy cellulite cream for even cellulite on your toes. It's like, why does every single company release a cellulite cream? But you know, I had to stock up or you go to France and you have these like fancy eau minérale and like the, you know, these spritzes and sprays and Greece, same thing. I go to Greece uh, often and the more, this is why I like going consistently to places because you you learn mm. these tiny little nuances the more you spend time in the culture. And it's super enriching. It's like super fascinating because then you start thinking about where you come from and how the things that we think are normal are probably not if you look at them with a different lens. Those are the best things when you realize the thing that you do every day and you tell someone abroad about it and they're like, what? And you're like, oh, I thought everybody did that. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, talk about perspective change. Let's talk about packing though, because (laughs) you're giving me agita with the six months on the road business. And or let's remember you had to look like TV presentable from a suitcase. What's your strategy? Let's just, let's do toiletries first. Like, are you a check baggage person? Like, will you go over three ounces? So yes, because as I mentioned, my indulgent hair cream necessities, okay? I went to London for a month and you better believe I bought a three kilo pound, it was a three kilo tub of Brazilian hair cream. And I was like, damn, I got to factor this in. This into- is the salon line, salon line. Yes, salon line. Their hair cream? This is a hair, I wish I could show you, it's in my bathroom, but it's basically a tub that's, um, they have different sizes, but I know that a tub of three kilos will last me a month. And I was going to London for a month. I have tricks if I don't have access to the Brazilian hair product, right? I have those tricks, which I will share with you. But yes, to answer the question, a check baggage is always essential. And as far as flying frequently goes, I've been, I've been like loyal to United Airlines specifically so that I can get free check bags because then I can factor this in, right? So there's a method to the madness when it comes to points, loyalty and hair products and, you know, toiletries. (laughs) But the strategy for toiletries are as follows. You always want to buy clear kind of like packing cube bags. And it needs to be clear because if you're stressed and you're rushing and you don't know where things are, there's nothing more annoying than unzipping a hundred little tiny, you know, packing cubes. To be real, I don't love packing cubes because most of them are not clear. So I had to type into to Google like clear packing bags and they exist and they're really great for hair, makeup. Like a zipper closure. This isn't like leak proof though. This, well, also the bonus is get a plastic one that could be leak proof, right? Like, or more leak proof yes. than the, the fabric ones. So packing cubes, gotcha. standard packing cubes are like plastic or some mesh material And if you're putting Mm -hmm. your lotions and potions in there, like shit could hit the fan. The other thing is 
before the leakage of it all, you want to put your toiletries, the, the things that could spill on the very bottom of your bag, like towards the wheels, so that if it spills, it's not going to spill inside of your suitcase and like cascade down all of your stuff. It'll just... One hopes they've put our wheels down first in... When they placed it I know, on. right? And there's no guarantee there too, but like just put it away from the most valuable items in the bag. Like I will never put- Insurance policy. Yeah, I like that. I never put liquids near electronics ever. So, and I, I travel with a basically like a studio because I film videos. So I have a tripod and tons of cameras. So you want to keep your liquids away from the, the expensive cameras and things like that because that's a nightmare if it happens. Let's see what else, what other strategies? So- I got to keep it real, Jen. I'm not the best packer. Like on the show, the joke was that my suitcase was always overweight and it was always, I was always playing the luggage game, you know, that anxious game where you have to like open 12 suitcases and try to like rearrange the weight. That was me. That was me. And I'm going to yeah. own that. Well, what was the thing after doing all this travel that you were like, why do I keep packing this toiletry or whatever it is? And I don't use it, but I must pack it still. Well, when you're shooting a show, it's so, (laughs) it's so difficult because you never know what you're going to need. So on the show, we were all in charge of our own outfits. But if you notice, if you watch with like the the design eye, we are never, especially Megan and I, we're never wearing the same colors or the same patterns. And that was all, you know, carefully thought out. But we'd get to a property and be like, damn, we're in the woods. I can't possibly wear green and brown. Like I need to have every color in my wardrobe in these suitcases. Because if you're on TV and you look like you're just another tree, like it's not going to be good. So all of this, like it became scientific to me where I was like, damn, I need every color of the rainbow. I need to avoid certain patterns and I need to have clothes that go well together in all kinds of weathers and circumstances. So... The other issue here too, and this is a packing tip, don't underestimate your shopping that will happen when you get there, right? Like that was a big mistake that I made. I would try to pack everything from like, you know, the clothing stores that we have here in the States and I would get to a place we were traveling for the show and I'm like, oh my God, I just found the best boutique and I bought everything. And I'm like, damn, what am I going to do with all this stuff? So that was, that was a rookie mistake. Basically, they say you should pack your suitcase and then unpack half of it. And that's the rule of thumb when it comes to packing. I know with toiletries though, it's like, I might need this. What if you find a chin hair and you don't have your tweezers or band-aids? I don't know. I randomly get injured a lot on travels. It's true. It's true. I know. Yeah. So I think you should always have the like cover your ass items in the worst case right. scenario. But, you know, like if we get cuts in the States, odds are people cut themselves everywhere else. So like you can You're always gonna, get yes. this stuff. And that's the thing that, of course, that extreme packers such as myself, sometimes we forget. So now I've kind of become more of a relaxed packer. Like I'm okay if I don't have everything because I know I'm going to get there and like just buy what I need if, if I don't have it. Right. Well, I'm thinking of sunscreen because at least for me, Some of the places I visited, it's so expensive. It's like they know that you've come here and it's a very sunny place. And they're like, we'll get you, you tourist. Obviously, if you're in a city or like a big country that you're able to roam around. But let's say you go a week to Caribbean islands, you know. Absolutely. They're not going to have your aerosolized, cool mist SPF 100. Yeah, What's your sunscreen strategy? So I I have this roll-on sunscreen that kind of looks like a stick of deodorant. It's by Neutrogena. 
life-saving because it's small. Oh, like solid. Solid. Yeah. Look for solid sunscreen. And also if it's reef safe, we're trying to like, you know, protect the coral reefs. That would be something else to look out for. And then your daily SPF in the moisturizer for the face, essential. My grandma always said this to me. She was like, Joaninha, little Joanna, you need to take care of your skin and you have more time than me. And especially for brown women, brown and black women, like we, there's this misconception we don't need sunscreen and that's not true. So especially for like dark spots, pigmentation, all of that comes from not protecting your your skin when it comes to SPF. Like the SPF is what keeps the the stains lighter. Your grandma knew about sun protection? Yeah, she also knew like don't pick at your face. Like the number one way you're gonna scar your face is by picking at it. Like, you know, you get ingrown hairs. I'm turning 30 this year and it's like all these ingrown hairs and shit. I'm like, what is going on? Like, since when do I have chin hair? But then I think about, I flash back to grandma being like, don't pick at it. I'm getting laser, like I'm doing laser my entire body and it's very Oh my God, it's life-changing. Life-changing, but very painful on the legs. How did you do the legs? Actually, you know what? I didn't do the legs. I did everywhere. I did underarms, bikini, face. I don't know. Cause I just was just, I don't know. It doesn't bother me as much. I probably should. It hurts. Oh, well, I mean like I do it because of the whole traveling and having to be in bikinis last Not minute if I'm shooting reason. a show. Totally. So I did it as like an investment to my future self and it's, it's good. And I think about the face, the hair and the face and like the, the, ingrown hair and the stains like it's all connected is the is the bottom line here and and we need to take care of these things now so that when we're older as my grandma would remind me like by the time you're my age if you don't take care of this stuff now you're gonna have these issues that I have that I wish I would have prevented yeah you're thinking ahead I like that okay we talked about sunscreen the other thing that I was so excited to talk to you about because it is my conundrum whenever I travel mosquitoes love me Like, I know everybody says, no, no, they love me the most. I am telling you, I've never been anywhere where I haven't gotten bitten by a mosquito or an ant. Anything bites me. It loves me. What do you do? How do you protect? The age old question. That's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Because again, all the best places to travel to have the worst bugs. (laughs) It's so annoying. And there's no like real answer here. I guess the takeaways that I've seen, it's like try to avoid wearing dark clothes because mm. there's some evidence, maybe not scientific, but evidence that mosquitoes gravitate towards darker surfaces. So if you're wearing like a black shirt or brown, whatever, like a dark black, huh. yeah, that could be a, a bad ticket for you. And then I know that it's controversial, but DEET, right? Like in the States we have- yeah, You go DEET. You go DEET, but it's not great for like health and the environment, but it, it it does protect you. It's less that for me than the feel of it on your skin. Like, I feel like I have to shower 20 times a day because then you want to relax on your bed. So you have to shower off all the DEET, get in the bed. But then the minute you leave the bed, we're going to spray again on all of the DEET. Is that what you do? I mean, yeah, that's the question, right? It's like, what do you do? I usually have a sun, like when I'm when I'm in a place with a lot of mosquitoes, I usually have a daytime mosquito solution. Maybe that's got a little deet. And then I have like an yeah. organic, lighter version for sleep. So I don't feel like I'm poisoning myself and feeling like a sticky deet. Like ball. a lemongrass, eucalyptus, citronella oil situation. Yeah, it's a one of those situations, like a little organic. Mm. You probably might still get bit, but at least you're not 
getting potentially bit and feeling like, you know, mosquitoes are just going to be like stuck to your body because it's so sticky. So it's tricky with mosquitoes. And then the other thing I would say is ask what locals do. Ask if there are some tricks, um, even for random things like bugs, fruit flies and, and stuff like that. Not that you have to worry about that biting you, but like there are these natural remedies that you could do, like creating these traps if there are mosquito traps to to get in with the local, no. Because if you're in a place with tons of mosquitoes, odds are the people on the ground have had to deal with their, you know, their fair share of bites and they know how to deal That's with it. That's funny you say that. I remember I was in Morocco and I forget where I was and there were these things hanging from the ceiling and I had no idea what they were. And it turned, it was like a tape. I didn't even know what it was. And it turned out it was like their local, like the mosquito would go in this thing and then get trapped. And like, you're right. Like, obviously the people there are going to be the experts on that. Whatever totally. bug is their their bug of biting choice at wherever they are. Yeah. What do you do about, so I, I have a little melanin myself and sometimes like the bug will, the bug bite will be there for six, seven months. Like the shins, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I for know, some reason, so the shin bites never heal. Do you do anything like post bite to calm it down? I'm like a moisturizing queen. Moisturize. I, I totally. What's your moisturizer of choice? I'm like doing some basic Aveeno stuff right now. You know, like hmm. the, the, oh, what is your moisturizer of, to- of choice? I mean, I'm always trying different, but like, kind of like you said, though, I will, I love a natural oil. So like whatever, like the oil that is local to the culture, I like to rub all over. I don't mind being a little slippery. A little greasy. Yeah. Like sticky, no. Slippery, yes. I, I'm okay with that. And I think you're right. Like the moisturized skin heals, tends to heal better than the dry skin, right? Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I always want to highlight that I think is the biggest beauty hack, people always ask me like, Joe, what's your skincare routine? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, drinking a shit ton of water. Joe, what's your skincare routine? (laughs) This is my skincare routine, Jen, a jug of water. I have gotten into this habit and this was a learned habit. I used to be one of those people that would drink juice and soda for everything. And then I went to a university in Paris when I studied abroad that was so damn boring and the lectures were four hours. And instead of, I was truly falling asleep while, you know, I was in class and I'm like, damn, this isn't a good look. I got to figure this out. So I realized that if I had a huge two liter bottle of water, I would drink it and have to pee so many times that I would walk. And that would keep me awake. So water then became like my staple. So I feel like water baseline is my skincare routine. And uh, it's a luxury, to be honest, right? That we even have access to to good drinking water. But, and everything that I say, I'm like super worldly about it. Because it's hard to talk about these things and thinking about it with just one lens, right? Like talking about beauty. I went to Kenya and... You, you meet these women who cannot even have drinking water or like beauty water, right? Like so much of our beauty is tied to resource and feeling confident in oneself. And that is like, talk about privilege, holy shit. Uh, and then we can get into the more extreme things like SPF. But water is a basic one that I think everyone should kind of like care about more. Beyond that, what is my skincare routine? So I... I'm a classic drugstore CeraVe SPF kind oh, of a yeah. chick. It's classic. Classic. If I run out of that, I'll try. I always use a face moisturizer with SPF in it as a base. I'm using Murad right now. That's like 
anti-aging or whatever. And, you know, as we get older, we're like, damn, where are these wrinkles coming from? So I've started using Veritas, I think is what it's called. It's like this expensive, I got kind of suckered into it. You know, when you're walking by a store and the guy just like smells that you're ready to drop money that you didn't know you were ready to spend. That happened to me the other day. I don't fall for that. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Do you feel good about your purchase or do you feel suckered in about it? That's the question. I felt like I wanted to do this because I think about the investment for my future self, right? And also I don't spend money on a lot of things. So it wasn't, it's, I'm not like constantly splurging money. So, and it was $300, which was a lot. But when I looked at the retail value, I was like, damn, this stuff is a thousand dollars. So he gave me this exfoliator and this under eye syringe cream for, I don't know why he did this, and a serum and an eye serum for $300. And he's like, I feel like you're going to bring me clients. And I'm like, <laughs> And here she is and talking like, about it on <laughs> that <laughs> mascara. Do you, But did it make you feel good? Do you like the products? Because that's what I always like. It's it, worth it if you feel good about it. I love that question. And the answer is yes, because I know that I've invested in something that's a little bit more expensive. So when I use it, it becomes like a ritual and it's like a taking care of myself intentional moment. And it's a once a week thing. So I'm doing my scrub and like, especially in this busy time where we're always on our computers, we're always like in super go, go, go mode, having a beauty ritual that feels a little bit like a luxurious treat, I think does wonders for the mind that might actually make us more beautiful in general from the inside out. Because it's like, when you're taking care of yourself, you feel good. That feels nice. And when I invested in these expensive products, I'm like, damn, this is a little frivolous. But if it becomes a part of my week that I look forward to, that has the value that was far more than what I actually spent financially on the products. Preach. Yes, I couldn't agree more. No, I absolutely know. Listen, this is so fun. I could talk to you for hours, but before I let you go, I do this little like speed round at the end of every interview. Are you up for the Fat Mascara 5 speed round? I got some special Joe-focused ones. Let's do it. Tell me what's the country you visited with the best food? Hard question. I have to be biased on this one. Brazil. Great, great options across the board. What's your favorite Brazilian snack food, whatever? I'm a classic rice and beans girl. We have this dish that that kind of looks and tastes like sand called farofa. That's amazing. It's yuca flour. It's toasted yuca flour. (laughs) And it's a very classic Brazilian-like thing, right? It's nothing luxurious. But I just love how many fruits and vegetables we have that can be made in all forms. Great vegan options for any vegans out there. Like if you go to the right restaurants, you'll eat like a queen. It's not fogo de chao, people. It's not for with, yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> like what, Brazil's that's more what than a lot meats. of Americans think when they think Brazil. They're like the steakhouse with the red and the or is that Argentina actually? Yeah. No, that's no, Argentina. no. It's it's Brazil. Yeah. Our culture it is, is known Brazil? for okay. the meat. But but you yeah, any yeah. tropical country is gonna have access to these fruits and vegetables that you don't get elsewhere that in all formats are interesting and delicious and healthy. Mm. I love that. Okay, most spiritual place that you visited. I would say Bali. I think Bali is very spiritual. And what about the most visually stunning place that you've ever visited? Greece, visually stunning in nature and Croatia. There's a drive from Croatia, from Split to Dubrovnik that is ridiculous. Like you take a bus, it's a very cheap bus. 
and it's maybe like a three hour, four hour bus ride. And you have to actually get out because you cross Bosnia because Bosnia has like this teeny tiny little sliver of land on the coast. So from Split to Dubrovnik, passing Bosnia, you see these massive mountains. Like this is where Game of Thrones was filmed, parts of Game of Thrones was filmed there. And you see why it's just this like ridiculously rich landscape that you're just like, damn, human experience on this earth. Like we, this shit is beautiful. Like there's no other way to put it. Okay. Which side of the bus do we sit on? <laughs> okay. When you're, I know that is the best question. When you're leaving split to go to Dubrovnik, you sit on the, the right side, I believe. Okay. You yes. know, that happens where like you're on a bus and you're like, all the views are on that side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, damn it, I wish I knew. Shit. And then the other, another great scenic coastline experience is the bus ride or the train ride in the south of France from Paris to Nice. And on the right side of the train, you'll also be like right up against the coast and you'll just see these lovely French mm. little seaside towns. Gorgeous. That sounds fabulous. But you know where right else now. is super okay. underrated? Ecuador. Tell me. Ecuador is outstanding. The volcanoes and the mountains and the waterfalls. And if you're into extreme sports, you could bungee jump there for like $20. I did not do that. But that's how Let's talk about crazy and bungee jumping. Is that a thing we want to save money on, Joe? <laughs> not me, girl. I'm not into that. But if people out there I am are, I'm okay you with spending a lot of money on bungee jumping. <laughs> same, same. I like if I ever did it. Script. Yeah, yeah, but Ecuador, gorgeous natural beauty. I was actually, my next question was, what's your favorite bargain travel destination? Okay, let's see. Bargain for a bargain. I think Ecuador was amazing. Mexico, outstanding. And, you know, the reason why I love learning languages is because you get access to these things. You, you feel more comfortable in public transportation, which is often cheaper. And, and like in the beginning of my travels, that was a huge money saver. I would learn the languages to get cheaper access because I couldn't afford anything else. But in Mexico, in the Yucatan Peninsula, you leave Playa del Carmen and you take this collect, it's a collective van service that's kind of like a bus, but it's a van called El Colectivo. And there are no stops. You need to tell the driver where you're going. And if you don't have Spanish, you cannot, you know, like navigate that. But you can go to these cenotes, which are these gorgeous sinkholes. And the experience costs you whatever, like, $5 round trip plus just like the time of your life. So definitely great budget travel. Mexico is so much more than what people talk about for better or worse. Like it's much more than senior frogs in Cancun and, <laughs> and much more than like Tijuana and, and all of the bad branding that people give it. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Last question. Place that you want to visit that you haven't yet. I I think it's time for like a lot more Asian adventures. I want to, I just want to go, I've been to Japan, I've been to Thailand, but it's not been as much time. When I was shooting the show, it wasn't as, it wasn't like the way I usually travel, which was like minimum a month, right? Like learning the language. So I think it's time yeah. for some, maybe going to India I've never gone to India. I want to go to Sri Lanka. So it's it's that part of the world. We wish you happy travels there. It was it was fun hanging out with you. Thank you for the packing strategies and all your wisdom and sharing your life with us. Jen, I want to hang out. Let's go to Berlin. Let's learn German together. We're going to make it happen. Done. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product with you or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.